Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? I'm feeling old, Amy. Yeah, you. Uh, th- this is we're recording this on Friday, and I believe this is your last day in your 30s. Is that correct? That hurts when you put it that way, Amy. That really does. Enjoy it. Enjoy. I'm I trying. can't even. I can't even remember my 30s. Well, it's been so long. I know. Right. Right. Yeah. Big big birthday this weekend. Yeah, big birthday tomorrow, and um, yeah, so. We're going to do that, but big weekend as well for the Howe family too, because we got a uh, pastor coming in view of a call at our church. Yeah, so that's pretty exciting. That's exciting. Tell us, tell us about that. Uh, Jay Hardwick, who I think many yeah. of you may know over at the uh, South Carolina Baptist Convention. He's the number two guy over there. The associate state exec is coming in view of a call at Forest Hills this weekend. So we're really excited about that. Uh, gotten to know Jay just a little bit here and there over the last couple of years and uh, in his time in South Carolina and uh, been watching him from afar and didn't realize it was going to be him at the time, obviously. And, but here we are. So exciting yeah. times this weekend. Very cool. So uh, we will all be in prayer for Forest Hills and everything that it just goes smoothly. And also that, you know, you and your family have a great birthday weekend um, folks send him on, uh, on Twitter, send him your birthday wishes. Yes, yeah, well, they'll have to do that. And also, big congratulations to you, Amy, because this is your one-year anniversary of being oh, at the executive committee. Thank you. I appreciate that. Now, one one year's not, that's, that's uh, we just keep on going. Just keep yes. working. Well, Amy, we are glad to have you, and it has been a great year, and I look forward to many more years. Uh, we're also ha- glad to have Southwestern on board as our sponsor here on the podcast, Located in Fort Worth, Texas, Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary is committed to providing theological education for individuals engaging in Christian ministry. Southwestern Seminary offers a variety of degree programs at the undergraduate, master's, and doctoral levels. And just this year, they've launched a new eight-week online class system, which means you can begin taking classes as soon as like this Monday. Like So like every eight weeks, they have new stuff that starts, new classes that start so this coming Monday, October 19th, is actually the first of one of those eight-week classes. So you might have enough time to get Very in cool. there if you're interested. Uh, so you can visit Southwestern's website over at swbts.edu to take your next step in ministry and learn more about how you can get started at Southwestern. So uh, they'll have another eight-week class starting you know, later after this one, if you miss out on this one. But check out those degree programs and the eight-week classes that they offer in there so you can uh, kind of move through those classes quicker than usual sometimes if uh, you're doing it online. So so that's kind of neat, and we thank them for being on board as our sponsor each and every week here at SBC This Week. Amy, we start in uh, kind of in North Carolina with some news from Lifeway. They have agreed on terms of a sale for Ridgecrest. This news just broke at the end of the week. They are planning to transfer property and ministries by the end of 2020 to a group called the Ridgecrest Foundation. This is a brand new ministry, independent nonprofit created by individuals who are passionate about the mission of the conference center and camps and are committed to supporting the ongoing ministries of Ridgecrest. So basically, they're selling it to a group of people who want to just continue doing the same things. The the members of that group are not named per se in the release here from Lifeway. Robin Thompson Parrish 
and Steve Little are two of those who are uh, mentioned here. So uh, we'll see if we can get some more information about the Ridgecrest Foundation and who's intending to purchase Ridgecrest from Lifeway. You remember Lifeway announced back in April that they had the intent to sell Ridgecrest, citing changes in organizational strategy, rising costs, and uncertainty due to COVID-19. We talked at length about the camps and conferences that have been canceled at Ridgecrest this year in the summer because of COVID-19, just like every other conference center and camp uh, that we saw across the country. They did have family camp, as we chronicled here along in the podcast, uh, I had a blast with my family there at Ridgecrest this summer. So they were able to work in some guests and some events this summer, but uh, obviously not a normal summer. So we'll keep an eye on this and see if we have any more information about the sale of Ridgecrest to the Ridgecrest Foundation. But some good news this week from Lifeway. They're still going to be using Ridgecrest, and they even announced that summer camps are now open for 2021. So you can go ahead and register your church for camps in 2021. That's right. that And that's Fuge, Center Kids, Student Life, Camp Crestridge, Camp Ridgecrest. All of those are going to begin sessions at different times. And we're going to put the Baptist Press article in the show notes where you can go and, and find out how to register for any of those. Yeah, so you got a few months for the deadlines for or like the, the early deadlines. It's like in February and January. So you've got time for deposits and everything. So if your church is looking to go into camp next year, they are planning on having camp and some of them will be at Ridgecrest, uh, whether they own it or Ridgecrest Foundation owns it. So that's already worked out. And Amy, we had a big meeting of trustees this week. We got four trustee stories this week from the seminaries. We start yeah. in Louisville. This was a, a trustee meeting that definitely got a lot of discussion, a lot of news from a major announcement. So there were some normal things that happened at the trustee meeting, but the major announcement was in response to discussion uh, that has been going on for quite a while about how to um, about how to respond in some ways to the report that came out a few years ago about the history and founding of Southern Seminary. And so these are the decisions that they made. Uh, the Board of Trustees voted not to remove the names of the school's founders from campus buildings. Um, and I would assume that would also include Boyce College. But they did announce that they were going to provide up to $5 million in scholarships for African-American students over the next few years. And that was kind of announced all within the same context. This was all part of the same sort of announcement. And they are planning to vacate an endowed chair, or they actually voted to do it. So I guess it was effective immediately. An endowed chair that was named after a particularly controversial man, Joseph Emerson Brown, who had been a benefactor of Southern Seminary at a particularly difficult time financially. He had been governor of Georgia, um, but he has quite a, a quite a difficult history, particularly in the fact that after the Civil War, he continued to use um, convict labor. It's kind of known as the convict leasing system, which during Reconstruction was essentially an attempt to continue race-based slavery. And so they did determine that they needed to, that they would vacate that chair immediately, which this was the chair that Dr. Moeller himself actually sat in, the Joseph Emerson Brown Chair of Christian Theology. So then they established another chair, the Centennial Chair of Christian Theology, which is, is now the chair he will sit in. Um, so this essentially just will sit empty and they're just 
not going to bring it back is what I'm understanding. All right, well, Amy, thank you for covering that for us. Uh, the, like you said, just kind of a, a big trustee meeting. This is something that Southern has been kind of dealing with over the past couple of years. Uh, we've had a lot of discussion on that. Dr. Moeller had a, a big article that he'd written a while back on uh, the history of Southern and their founding and a lot of these issues related to this. So it was good to see the trustees kind of working through this. So, I, Amy, I do really like the the scholarship program that they are starting. A uh, little details on that. Beginning with the 2022-23 academic year, Southern will set aside a million dollars of endowed and restricted funds as an endowment to assist qualified black students at Southern through the Garland Offutt Scholars Program. And that honors the legacy of the seminary's first African-American full graduate. Additionally, they're going to set aside a million dollars for this fund every three years until a goal of $5 million is reached. And this is going to be in addition to the current scholarship and student aid programs for the seminary. So this won't replace anything that, that students may be able to get. It's just adding to it. So right. uh, really, really cool. And they also uh, pledged that they would be more faithful in telling the seminary's story and the story of the founders um, with accuracy and biblical witness. And of course, I, I worked there for four years, and and we were there. We lived there for five and a half years, and and there is a lot of conversation about the founders that happens there at at Southern Seminary, and so it's good to see a desire to tell the full story including some of the the things that uh, are more difficult to hear. All right, Amy, to your neck of the woods, and I mean this absolutely literally, this next trustee story impacted the Whitfield household. Break out the sparkling grape juice. Keith Whitfield is officially the new provost at Southeastern. Not acting anymore, so... Yes. Uh, so this this was in some ways it, it was the the moment for the board of trustees because that position is something that they have to approve. And so yes, Keith has been serving as acting provost at Southeastern, but this was the week that the trustees were able to talk with him to deliberate and to make uh, their decision if they wanted him to stay in that position. And so they did. They elected him as provost. And so that is official and permanent at this stage, or at least as long as it as long as it goes, but it's not just uh, acting. And they also announced record-breaking student enrollment to the trustees as well. So that was uh, was exciting. Yeah, enrollment of 5,273. And they also approved a new certificate in Christian ministry, some curriculum revisions and changes to major and minor requirements, things like that. Uh, but I think it was a pretty, pretty standard meeting. Well, standard except for Keith Whitfield being elected as the provost. Right, of yeah. course. Of course, very important. Yes. All right, that's two of them, Amy. We move to Gateway now down in Southern California, where they have announced a return to their pre-2020-2021 COVID budget. They're going to approve a budget of $12 million for next year uh, due to stronger-than-anticipated revenue. They actually went back to their proposed budget before the coronavirus pandemic hit. So like they're like, hey, things are great. They had pro- projected a 10% reduction or even a 5% decrease in tuition and rental income. But neither of those projections have materialized. They have seen their funding start strong this year. So the credit hours are 6.9% higher than the fall of 2019. 
and they have seen strong financial support for the seminary, including more than $455,000 in scholarship and benevolence funding to support students experiencing difficulties due to the pandemic. This was exciting. This was really exciting. And I think goes in a trajectory where everyone was really concerned. We didn't know what to expect back in the spring. And now we are just happily relieved in some in some yeah. sense. Jeff Orge also reported on like they're they're wrestling with lots of different questions now. You know, what have we stopped doing that doesn't need to come back? What have we started doing that we need to continue in the future? So really using this time during the pandemic to kind of reassess things. And and so it sounds like just a very positive, positive, encouraging meeting. Yes. They also announced that Don Dent is going to serve as the interim director of the Kim School of Global Missions. And he was supposed to be on sabbatical for the spring, but he's going to temporarily assume the leadership of the Kim School because of the sudden death of previous director, Lisa Hoff, which we uh, covered just a few weeks ago on the podcast. So I wish Dr. Dent all the best in that. Okay, Amy, our last one down to New Orleans. New Orleans, they approved some level college initiatives and elected Tyler Whitman to the faculty of the school. Yes. Yeah, so the there were three initiatives that, that are designed to enhance level college, and that's a revised five-year BA MDiv program, which is similar to you know some of the things that, that we see at other yeah. seminaries. Dual enrollment, which I think is wonderful. I just want to say that's an opportunity for high school students, a lot of times homeschooling students, to receive college and high school credit, both for classes. So I am uh, teaching an adjunct class at at Southeastern at the college right now in American government. And I have several dual enrollment students in my class, have about five, and they are fantastic. And our we have a dual enrollment student I in our house. Say, you have a dual yeah. enrollment when in the house. Yes. So Mary is taking um, a class over at the college at Southeastern in the same way. Um, and I can't say enough about how positive that program is, both uh, for the opportunity for credit, but also to really begin exposing our older teenagers to, you know, kind of a mission-focused environment. And so they're going to be doing that at Level College. I think it's fantastic. And credit by examination. So an opportunity to help reduce coursework you know, well, so you can the, like the, test out of classes, basically. Right, right. So it's cool. just just some new opportunities to help people really raise enrollment. You know, to bring in more bring in more students. So this is like AP, CLEP, things like that. And then Tyler Whitman is coming in as assistant professor of theology, elected by the trustees, and uh, I think that's that's exciting news as well. All right. Well, congratulations to Dr. Dew and also to Dr. Whitman on that edition down there. And we got some other news out of New Orleans. They've partnered with NAM for a church planting center in New Orleans. So this is exciting. So North American Mission Board and the New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary will partner to launch a church planting center on the campus of New Orleans. So as a sin city for NAM, New Orleans is a beneficiary of a lot of NAM resources and church planting efforts and ministry initiatives. This center is going to basically be the hub for that in the city. So it'll be like their centralized investment in the city. It's going to be located in a 4,900 square foot space inside the Hardin Student Center and will provide visibility and opportunity to enhance student life and really get students involved in the life and the mission of churches within the city. So uh, really exciting to see that. The Missions Lab 
Uh, and I know many people, churches have done like summer missions groups through missions lab down in New Orleans. And right. they're going to continue to facilitate that and provide mission opportunities. But through this and bolstered by this partnership in the city for the opportunity to increase the network resources and coordinate missions and church planning efforts within the city. That's really neat how North American Mission Board and New Orleans are coming together, you know, in a city that, that they can minister to through the seminary and use the seminary kind of as a hub for NAM ministry within the city. Very cool. Yes. And also we have other news from NAM. Paul Worcester has been elected the National Collegiate Evangelism Director. Paul Worcester started a Baptist Collegiate Ministry at California State University in Chico and called it Christian Challenge in 2009. Um, He has written several books on evangelism and college ministry and also helps manage the site collegeministry.com and recently launched the Campus Multiplication Network that helps collegiate ministry leaders to evangelize and disciple college students. So this is a very qualified individual um, joining that next-gen team. So that was announced on Monday during a Zoom call with national leaders. And everyone's very excited because he's been involved for a long time, is considered one of the best college ministers in America. So this is a big big position for him and sounds like well-deserved. Yes, absolutely. So congratulations to Paul. We need to get Paul and Shane Pruitt on the uh, podcast here. We yes, need to get those we do. Two guys on and talk about that, that next gen eventually. I'm going to make it happen. I've already talked to Mike. We're going yeah. to take care of it. So, okay. I got it, Amy. I got it under control. I got it. Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right. It's the fall. You know what that means, Amy? Yes, state conventions. We've got our first batch of state convention annual meeting recaps. We start in the Great White North. In Alaska, where they celebrated their 75th anniversary at their meeting earlier in October. We already discussed the 2022 motion that they made about cutting cooperative program funds that were intended for the North American Mission Board. That was on a right. podcast a couple of weeks ago, I think. Uh, but other news from other that convention. Uh, their budget for 2021 totals $860,000, including 686000 from Alaska churches. Uh, which 20% of that is allocated for the National Cooperative Program causes, which is what they had last year. It's the same from last year. Also, they elected new officers, President Tom Hoffman of Fairview Loop Baptist Church in Wasilla, First Vice President Robert Scott, who's the pastor at Dillingham Bible Fellowship in Dillingham, Second Vice President Keith Longo, pastor of First Baptist Church in Soldotna, and Recording Secretary Jody Winquist, who's a member of First Baptist Anchorage, Amy their 2021 annual meeting is set to be held <gasps> at the First Baptist Church of North Pole. I want to go. I want to go to North Pole, Alaska. Okay. That sounds really cool. I'm going to go look that it up. It sounds cool, all right. <laughs> I walked into that one, didn't I? Yes, you did. I did. All right, it's so okay, let's though. go to Montana. Montana, the Montana ba- Southern Baptist Convention met at Emanuel Baptist Church in Billings, and uh, they decided they really needed to come together um, because they just needed to encourage each other at the end of a year like this. So 117 people were able to come um, from their, many of their 135 churches. They voted to participate in a seven-year partnership with the Missouri Baptist Convention, assuming that the Missouri Baptists will vote to do the same. Yeah, pressure's on you, Missouri. 
Right. So that was kind of their their side of it. Don't leave them hanging. That's right. They also relaunched the Montana State Missions offering with a new name called Reach Montana. Um, it says that they just they they recognize sort of the change in funding structures and they want to encourage the churches uh, to think about you know just it's kind of a branding opportunity to say that's what this is about. So it gives them more of a feeling for what they're participating in. They also office uh, they also elected new officers K.J. Ellington from Jordan Community Bible Church in Jordan as president and Greg Payton, pastor of the Rock Church in Laurel as vice president. Um, they passed a budget of $899,100 that does reflect a significant decrease in funding from NAM and Life with Christian Resources. Um, they anticipate cooperative program giving to be around $720,000 with 25% being passed on to the SBC. All right. And then finally to Dakota, Amy, I, I feel like you should do this one since you were there in the flesh. Yes, um, I was there. It was a fantastic meeting and I loved it. They had 81 messengers from some of the 85 churches in South Dakota in Rapid City where I was. Uh, the big, the big thing uh, there was the two year task force study that determined that as outside funding went down, CP giving and their state missions offering had gone up. Um, and that task force presentation was really good. It was, it was kind of celebrating the opportunity for self-sufficiency on the part of Dakota Baptists and seeing how their CP giving had been even higher, about 20% higher than last year, even with the pandemic. So lots of great news really coming to Dakota Baptists. Now, um, their budget comes in at four hundred and sixty-five thousand dollars. Four hundred twenty of that, four hundred twenty thousand of that is anticipated from Dakota churches. Nam will give twenty-five thousand in twenty twenty-one, and so they did have to make some changes to make their budget, uh, some staff reorganization, elimination of positions, things like that. And they are going to add three part-time regional church relations missionaries to really help them meet their goal, which is to reach Dakota. One thing that I heard talked about that's very important on the part of those church relations missionaries is to help deal with the distance between churches and to combat isolation because they really do experience that. Um, they also had their formal installation of Fred McDonald as executive director, and I got to see that. It was a really special moment. Um, so very encouraging meeting. Officers for 2021 are President Paul Young from Dakota Baptist Church in Fort Totten, Vice President Jeffrey Mueller from Restore Church in Yankton, South Dakota, Recording Secretary Karen Holmes from First Baptist Church of Wolsey, South Dakota, and Assistant Recording Secretary Debbie Flowers from Living Hope Baptist Church in West Fargo, North Dakota. Um, Debbie's husband, I believe John Flowers, was the head of that task force that made their presentation that I got to to watch. And so uh, lots of people are just really involved and excited about the future in the Dakotas. Yeah, speaking of the future in the Dakotas, Amy, next year's annual meeting, Mandan, North Dakota. North Dakota, I really want to go because I want to meet a goal, kind of a bucket list item. And I told them that I would love to do this. I have been now to 49 states and I have one state left to hit 50 and it's North Dakota. Maybe next year, Amy. 
I've been hanging in limbo since 2001. We went to Maui with my family. And uh, that was my, that was number 49 was Hawaii. And so I've been hanging in limbo for almost 20 years. Maybe next year's the Mm. year. Yeah. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. They did. When I said that, I said that and someone said to me, if you've been to South Dakota, you've been to North Dakota. So apparently the landscape is very familiar. (laughs) It's very much the same, but. But it's not the same. One's but north I still want to go. It's not the same. I want to say I've been in North Dakota. So yes, that's well. It. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. Okay, this isn't a state recap, but we did have some news from the Georgia Baptist Convention this week. Basically, giving more information. We talked a couple of weeks ago about the financials that they had presented and that they were determining to to sell to Coa uh, and you know Pine Bloom and a couple of these others. Well, there's a a detailed, a more detailed story from Georgia this week. So uh, their financial audit in May showing that the pattern, they said basically 20 years of overspending, and they are committing to right-size their expenses with anticipated revenue shortfalls. So that's that's their commitment moving forward. Thomas Hammond's quoted throughout this, David Melber as well, the new COO there. Uh, And just so if you're interested in Georgia, I know we have some listeners in Georgia Highly recommend checking out that story over at Baptist Press. We'll link to it in the show notes as well. But uh, do read that. Do understand where Georgia is financially as they move forward. We'll see uh, what that impacts their budget for in the next year, whenever they uh, meet in just a few weeks as the Georgia Baptist Mission Board. I think they're having a a, a board meeting instead of the the full thing. And maybe it's just a, a – no, actually, they're having an abbreviated meeting. That's right, because they're, they're doing it all in one day. I remember that now. So uh, that's Georgia. And then finally, some good news to end on, Amy. Mississippi Baptists have pledged $1 million and actually already given it to the IMB for international missions. So they had about a million dollars left over in funds that were not spent this year. And instead of putting that into their reserves, they decided, hey, we're going to pass this on and we're going to give this to the greatest need we have in the SBC, and that's international missions. And they have sent a million dollars to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering for international missions to kick off that $175 million goal that we have this year. So thank you, Mississippi Baptists. 174 to go. We can do yes. it, folks. That's right. That's a good way to put it. So we're we're one 175th the way there, right? That's right. That's so, right. Amy, so you, come on, let's show million, up. If you give your million, um, that'll give us another, you know. All we need is 174 people to give a yeah. million dollars. Yeah, it, so and if whenever you give yours, it makes it 173. Yep, I'll let you know. That provost ta- position ain't paying Keith. that well, huh? I'll, ta- I'll talk to Keith <laughs> this weekend, see see what yes. we can do. All right, that brings us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right, so I pulled an issue of Baptist Press from October 15th, 1970. Um, there's actually a pretty interesting article about a Senate commission on obscenity and pornography that was would be interest, an interesting read, but I was actually really struck by a lower article that was, um, the headline was Suburban Pastor Calls for New Preaching Patterns. Um, this was the National Consultation of the Suburban Church, and Pastor William Self of Atlanta said, because the meaning of words is changing, we needed a new model for preaching in the electronic age based on affirmation. He said, the electronic age has produced an empty, cold, isolated, and alienated society. We now 
have proximity but no intimacy. He defined preaching as one man standing before a congregation and loving them when the church by word, deed, and atmosphere says to people, you are loved and affirmed as you are, wholeness will come. And really talking about affirming people, but what I was struck by is in 1970, saying that the electronic age had produced an empty, cold, isolated, and alienated society. And I'm trying to even, I mean, obviously that was a little bit before I was born, but we look back and to us now, that was not much of an electronic age in 1970. I mean, that's still when like, no one has a, you know, a home computer or, or, or things like that. I guess that was when, you know, every home is having, you know, maybe multiple television sets, compute, you know, video they games. They were in color that, too. Right. Or, you know, things are starting to pop up. I, I don't know. What I just found interesting is that from the beginning, as technology moved, that's what people were saying. This is creating an isolated society, a lack of community. And now here we are, what, 50 years later, and um, what, what do we find ourselves going places and everyone is looking at their phones, you know? So I just found it interesting that this is a conversation that we have been having for 50 years trying to ask what should uh, those in ministry do about an increasingly isolated society. And it was being talked about this week in SBC history. Wow. That's neat. All right. Well, that's going to bring us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is? Mine is a new devotional that has come out. I got a copy of this this week so that I could see it. Um, I think it's really cool. It's a 260-day Bible reading plan for teen girls to get all the way through the New Testament. So it's designed candy Gallaty, for like, right? yeah, Candy Gallaty, That's right. um, wife of Robbie Gallaty at, at Long Hollow. And um, so I had, I, I get... Uh, kind of samples of these or I get, you know, a, a copy of them so that I can can really see them. And I, I think this is something really fantastic. So 260 days, that allows for five days a week is is really the idea for teen girls to get all the way through the New Testament in a year. Um, a great sort of uh, design to it, very appealing um, aesthetically, and just a, a cool book and with some great, you know, guiding questions, ways uh, for them to go through and reflect on what they're reading. So I was very excited to see this, and I wanted to throw that in. All right. Well, that's very cool. All right. Mine is going to be the Etch Conference, and that was held this week, actually. So you can't go to the conference. It was already held Tuesday and Wednesday of this week. But you can watch it. But you can watch it online. The digital pass still available at Lifeway. So my wife, as you know, children's minister at our church, big into family ministry, those kind of things. So like, this is something that I, I really think everybody would benefit. If you're a pastor, if you're a children's minister, youth minister, whatever it may be, students, preschool, whatever it is, if you're involved in family ministry in any way, the Etch Conference has information, has stuff for you. So they got some great breakouts, got some great plenary talks, as well as some other resources that you can check out and watch and download over at the website. So uh, the Etch Conference that was held this past week is still available online. You can go and buy like a two-week digital pass, go in there and get everything, Get you know, and, and basically go to the conference from your computer at your house or your office. So that Very is cool. my resource of the week. All right. All right. Well, Amy, that's going to do it for us this week. When we see each other next week, I'll be 40. You will. You will. Welcome to the best decade. 
Oh, so. okay. Well, you, you've got a few years of experience in there with me already. I do. So. I do, yes. almost halfway through it. So <laughs> have, happy birthday. Have a great weekend. And uh, like I said, folks, send him your greetings. Oh, great. Thank you, Amy. See you next week. See you next week. See you next week.